You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table. I am Chris, joined by Dan. Hey, how's it going? We're also joined by Eric. Hey, hey. And we're doing a very quick intro because we have a long idea for a show today. Please welcome to the show uh, an aforementioned Game of Thrones self-certified expert. He's a loyal patron. His name is Brian Leon. Brian, welcome back to the show, sir. Hi, are you sick of me yet? I don't know. Nobody's commented that they are. This is oh, the okay, first right. first time the uh, uh, four of us together because you had to create a new chat for this call. <laughs> I did, indeed, I did. So, so always one of us is missing whenever Brian's been on before. So, Brian's oh, been I'm the backup. I see how it is. No, <laughs> well, Brian's I mean... big thing was that he wanted to be on when Dan finished the show and we did a whole retrospect because we all saw Game of Thrones. Uh, that's where we are right now. So a majority of this episode is going to be a follow-up to what Game of Thrones is slash was. So there's going to be a lot of discussion there. It's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, so first, I want to get some regular stuff out of the way on this episode. First things first, we are recording this on Sunday, March the 13th, which means we all lost an hour of sleep last night. Uh-huh. And that's... Always the worst day of the year. I went to bed extra early to prepare because I knew it was going to kick my ass. I was aware of it and totally ignored it and then went to bed at 3.30 my time. I remember. Which is the real 3.30 or the fake 3.30? Well, the whole, I got in the shower at 1.45 and I got out of the shower and it was 10 after 3. And I was like, yep. Yep. Yeah, I... (laughs) Pulled into my neighborhood at 1.59. By the time I parked, it was already 3 a.m. An hour disappeared while I navigated my neighborhood to find my parking space. I was I'm like, not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Yeah, it was aliens. It's fine. We're all... We're here. We're alive. Uh, some bullshit happened this weekend. We got a huge winter storm that... Well, it was all up and down the eastern part of the country because the same storm was creating tornadoes in Florida, as all my Florida friends happily reported on. And here it was in the 20s. Which for you, that's cold as hell. That is as cold as it gets ever in North Carolina. So, And then there's... yeah. And here it was in the single digits. And then we got, I mean, we got Brian in Minnesota and Eric in Michigan. That's which, par for the course for, for us. Which for Minnesota, single digits, that's pretty warm. <laughs> well, it is March, though, so. That's so, finally in the 30s today, and I think we're done with the cold-ass winter temperatures. So the snow the 30s. snow is... 30s. <laughs> How nice. Yesterday was 19 weather. degrees. Damn. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was dressed to go out to the movie. Like, even though it was snowing really bad, we were still going to go. 
Um, I had my boots on. I had my jacket on. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check real quick and see if they've made an announcement. And I go to their Facebook page, and they had literally just posted. They're like, we're not opening till 5 p.m. today. I was like, okay. So we're not going to the movies right now. It was 10.30 in the morning was our show time. And I'm like, well, I'm already dressed. I'm just going to go clean off my car so I don't have to do it later. Because even when it's snowing, if you go outside and clean off your car, it makes the inevitable last clean more tolerable. I'd rather do it twice and have both of them be easy instead of doing the hard one where it's all there. Yeah, and it helps make sure like ice and stuff doesn't like crust over and you're having to scrape yes, it as well as brush exactly. It. Which helps if you just get the snow off the car because then the ice will go right on the car itself and you can get rid of that easy by just warming up your car. Strategy, people. All my friends in Florida, I'm speaking so foreign to them. I see them get frost on their windshield and they have a panic attack. Or just worry about the snow on your windshield. Don't brush anything off and make it everyone behind you's problem. <sighs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be that person. God I'm damn it. lazy, though. So I can't discuss the Batman because I haven't seen it yet. The whole point was I was going to be able to talk about it on this show, even if it was non-spoily. So that's not happening. But we'll talk about Game of Thrones. I want to do some follow-up because we had some... I have been neglecting the comment section on past episodes and i want to apologize for that because people have been leaving comments and we're not following up on it and although most of those comments are coming from brian and ellis and jeff so the same three people but still i'm going to follow up with you guys because you're giving us feedback everybody's giggling at that hey even if i only have three fans those are my fans them's them's my people I can't believe I made it that far without killing a single person. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that, too. So yeah. far. I was just thinking about, like, fans and uh, sponsors. I got the, like, like, what the fuck is happening? You made it the furthest without a kill. Yeah, what sounds about right. Those are rookie numbers. Got to pump those numbers up. And I, I would die from starvation because I got an iPad. <laughs> I think the funniest thing was people sweating Ellis winning. <laughs> that may have been the funniest part of the whole stream. I called Jeff, uh, Jeff at the last minute. I'm like, I want somebody to call this with me. Everyone else is unavailable. I'm like, and you don't actually have a stake in this because you didn't volunteer. So, And he's like, I just hope Ellis doesn't win. Well, what almost happened? He should have died first, because, like, literally, you're just going to make him laugh. He snorts. Everyone knows where he is. Ten people kill him all at once. Nobody died in the bloodletting except for Shannon, who stepped on a landmine. And then one of my friends immediately commented, they're like, what a dick move. You didn't resurrect your wife. I'm like, that's the Hunger Games. Every person for themselves. She knew what she was signing up for. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> well, that's what you're talking about. I was at work, so I wasn't able to participate. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> with my main group. It's all good. It's all good. So I'll skip the, the Game of Thrones feedback here because we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> I don't uh, even remember what I wrote. But, well, you, you apparently did the math about how many people it would take to make a sword from the iron in a human's blood. And it was a, upwards of 150. So I appreciate that statistic. I, don't know I didn't why do the work. Would... Somebody on Reddit did the work. I just regurgitated it. 
Yeah, but it came from you, so you're the one getting the credit right now. I'll take it. I know that uh, Ellis was a fan of the DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Although I did not oh, get yeah. the DLC for that because I never made it past the... I never even got to the fourth gym. My interest in the game waned, which is a huge problem with me for Pokemon games, I'm starting to learn. Because while I really like the, the battle aspect and the collection aspect, I realize the games are very repetitive and sometimes get tedious, and then I get bored. I finished the main story. I finished the Island of Armor DLC, like the... The Arctic-based one I didn't care much for, and then I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't much of an end game to it, and I was like, I guess I'm done. I haven't... I don't even have the DLC. I haven't even finished the story. I have done... I am now the number one contender! <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't... Yeah. Overall, uh, I, I really liked Sword and Shield, though. Also, I completely forgot that there was a Pokemon Black and White 2. Yep. I actually forgot all about that. I... Why? <laughs> Why that one? I don't know. <laughs> I played a little bit of either black or white version. I just remember having a strong thought of, like, everything in the game seems like it's geared towards very little kids. Like, all the NPC dialogue treats you like you're a tiny baby that's never played a game before. And I got annoyed with it. Uh, we also... There was also a discussion that Ellis enjoys manicures and pedicures, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And Jeff responded about how Rebecca from Ted Lasso being the shame lady was awesome because she kept the bell. <laughs> that's actually a cool stat. I don't think I knew. I, I'm not actually surprised that that's the case, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Also, have you guys not seen Ted Lasso? No. Apparently everybody in the office at my job is obsessed with it, but I don't have Apple TV. I think it's, it's on. Apple. Yeah, it's on Apple TV. Oh, oh my God. One of the it's ones fantastic. I don't have. Remind me to like hook you guys up at some point. I know the the idea is it's an American football coach becomes the coach of a European football team. I thought it was the other way around. No. Oh, okay. Someone explained it to me badly then. <laughs> Explain a show badly. He he goes over there to become a coach, but he has no idea how the game even is played. <laughs> Which, to be fair. To, to be, be fair. That's kind of what we do now. So, <laughs> <clears throat> And then uh, Jeff had follow-up. He's glad he wasn't the only one who got emotional with the where do you think we are Scrubs moment. And, of course, talked about how the true finale of Scrubs requires a box of tissues. And don't get me started on why don't he want me, man. Because we was, we was talking about that. So, so this is the 79th episode, and we are going nice. to hit 80 coming up. So we're getting old. Uh, we're getting closer to episode 100. Because of real-time reviews being not the, the way I wanted it to go on the YouTube, we might start going back to weekly nerd tables. Uh, not sure yet, but that might end up having to be the plan, and that might become the... Uh, the more of like an accessory thing because we keep getting hit with copyright bans despite me trying everything to avoid it. So if you guys want to watch those videos, I have to put them on my archive.org account, which technically gets monitored, but not nearly as heavily or intently. So that's going to be the only way to host stuff like that. 
until I can find another way to do this. Uh, kind of like an, yeah. We need to like research how to do our own streaming video site without YouTube. Just put it on daily motion. Nobody watches that anymore. <laughs> Burn. So <laughs> we've, we've, we've used it both times. <laughs> Each wrestling video we did we did the match on daily motion. Um, I was also considering possibly trying those records via the Skype machine because there might be a better way to do video sharing on there. Skype seems a little bit easier with that stuff. But, you know, one thing at a time here. Uh, we're doing the Discord deal, and Discord works for us, so we'll stick with that. Uh, other than that, I don't really have much else going on in nerd news, because, like I said, I, I was hyper-focused on seeing the Batman, and that didn't happen, so I can't talk about it. So real... I'm very excited for it. I probably I was I was excited when the first trailer came back, whatever that was, 200 years ago. I was there. 84 years ago. It's been 84 years. So, one of my big things is that I will always go see a movie that I want to see. Like that's the case. But if there's ever a movie that I could potentially be on the fence about paying to see in the theater, such as something like The Batman. I usually wait and see what my friends think of it. And I don't mean, like, the whole collection of friends, because obviously not everybody's going to like it. And I've seen plenty of negative reviews from my friends. But the ones that I was paying attention to were the friends of mine who are really big into the lore, who know the comics, who know the character, who read all the stuff, who've seen all the movies, who have very educated opinions, in my opinion of whether or not it would be a good movie. And when I started seeing, like, big thumbs up from them, I realized that this was going to be a, a theater must-see. Do you guys ever get like that? Like, something's coming out, and you're like, well, I want to wait and see what these people think, because if they like it, odds are I will, because I, I know their taste, and we have similar tastes and things like that. I mean, yes and no, but... Sometimes I like I like a lot of things that none of my friends like. If then I'm kind of the same way. I have a lot of interests that I don't have a ton of like overlapping influence with my other friends. Well, that's different. That's that you don't have an overlap at that point. But like I'm I'm talking about like if you're going to see something that you know is going to widely be seen, you're like that looks interesting, but I'm on the fence about it. You kind of know who you can trust if they ended up liking it, right? Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you guys a perfect example, and it, it ties into this show. I know that Brian's a huge Game of Thrones fan. So if House of the Dragon comes out, and I don't see the first episode right away, but he does, and he loves it, then I know I'm probably going to love it. But if you end up hating it or being really critical of it, Odds are that's going to change my perspective going in. Yes, I'm still going to see it, but now I'm proceeding with a little more caution. Like, I've got friends who, when they give me an opinion on a horror movie, I take it to heart because they're horror, they're horror fans. I've, when, if, if a new game comes out, and this is another perfect example, the three of you are big gamers, 
and you guys are all bigger gamers than I am. If something were to come out, like, for example, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I saw all three of you raving about it, now my, my curiosity has peaked enough where I need to check this game out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or like Elden Ring, which the entire world is obsessed with right now. Yeah. Oh yes. my god, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta wait that... until I get a PS5, because I don't think my PC can handle it. Yeah, by the way, how's that going, Eric? <laughs> you... Um, you know what? Uh, actually, after the driver update, it's been fine. Uh, my laptop can play it at 1080, 60. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so Without I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same graphical quality as Dark Souls 3. So if you can play Dark Souls 3, you're fine. Well, to... even, like, I've got even a... if you need to, like, turn down. The... I'm sorry. No, even no, if you need I've to, like, a... turn down the settings to medium or whatever. You're going to be all right. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the most intense game that my con- computer can handle without completely melting down. You're fine. You are 100% going to be able to play this game. Okay. Well, I'm having an issue with the new WWE game. Because I guess my computer isn't powerful enough for it. Well, who makes it? 2K. Do you know what engine they use? No. See, that that's the thing, right? Like, some games look amazing and play really smooth, like Doom. Because it's been super optimized. But then there's other games that, like, could be borderline PS3 graphics... And run like shit because they haven't done their optimization. So it really depends on the studio that made the game. Well, With here's Doom, the... I think it also helps that that studio also made the engine the game runs on. So yeah, it's that, not like they're true. taking an outside <laughs> piece of software. Well, my issue, is... the first issue I'm having is the game's crashing a lot. But it's crashing significantly less since I got it, which I'm sure is a, which is going to be fixed through patches. So that, I'm sure, is like a Steam thing, uh, a 2K thing, and patches keep coming out. I've already had a couple updates for it, and that seemed to fix the issue. Uh, The entrances play great, uh, but when the match starts, it just goes into super slow motion. Mm. And I have a feeling, and I haven't been able to find a good setting option on it anywhere, where I can actually, like, just tune the graphics down a little bit, or change the resolution and see if that'll fix it. I'm also playing it off one of my backup hard drives, and I'm wondering if moving it back to my main hard drive would be the would be the only way to really get it to play smoothly. So there's there's a bit I need to figure out there. But when I do, I'm gonna do some streaming stuff with that, so that'll be fun. I have it on PS5 and it's working great. <laughs> well yeah, because it's a PS5. The only problem is, since I got it on Steam, I don't think there would be any way for me to refund it. I yeah, you think... can. As, as long as you have played less than two hours, you can get a full refund on Steam. Okay. Well, I'll try a couple of try a couple of things and see what happens. Uh, I moved my entire Steam to the the backup drive to clear up some space anyway, and I know that that has uh, changed how some of the games might play, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like the That's slow- always the problem with PC gaming is sometimes the tiniest little insignificant thing can cause massive problems. It's so. just funny because it's only when the match starts. Like the entrances play out super normal, right? They get in the ring. They're moving at normal speed. The ref goes to call for the bell and you just see him go. Just slow Yeah, that down. sounds like something that's on the games and rather than it's not like something that your computer can't handle. Possibility. So... <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
Just want to make mention, I'll do this now. Uh, we've got some awesome partners. We are partnered up with the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan podcast, our friend Tom Dickinson over at the Watch Me Cook channel on YouTube, and the IWEP network ran by Mr. Anthony Blackwell Jr., which has several shows you guys can check out. We also have a wonderful sponsor in our friend Emerson A. Cotton, and that's Motivational Vacations at emersoncotton.intellitravel.com. And he wants to give you a free voucher for a three-day, two-night getaway just because you mention CKCC Radio or the Nerd Table when you sign up. <clears throat> All right. Ooh. Now that plugs are done, let's discuss the reason that we all gathered here today. Let's, the High Council has gathered. We're sitting down. We have much to discuss. So first things first, Dan, you have finished Game of Thrones. So please tell yeah. me your overall opinion of the show. I really enjoyed it. There is a clear delineation when the last season starts where you start seeing things that happen in one scene that would have taken several episodes, if not parts of an entire season. And they have to figure it out in one person's monologue. <laughs> what you're saying is it felt rushed. It was it was time to end, and they weren't. It wasn't quite ready to end. Which it could be the opposite. Things, I don't, you know, it has happened. I was very interested to see how you felt about it being like brand new to the show, not read the books before, not having any you know pre-programmed ideas like a lot of fans have had. About I didn't have. I didn't have any issues with what happened to anybody by the end. Um, everything everything made sense to me, but it was there was clearly, especially like the last two episodes, where it's like, man, that was two seasons worth of shit you could have done, <laughs> and you did it in two episodes. Not necessarily what happened as far as how they got there. Yeah, because literally, like T Tyrion's giving the speech. And you're just like, oh man, this could have been like half a season. <laughs> a lot of the stuff he's doing that... it all in a speech. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that happened, I feel like, is probably something that's going to happen in the books if George, when George eventually does finish it, because I'm sure once the show started getting ahead, he gave them like a list of bullet points of like, here's the significant plot events that are going to happen. Yeah, they all say it's based on like his notes for the for the for the next book, right? So. But it's how they go about doing it. That well, he just gave felt... the he gave the creators the uh, the exact notes on how he was going to end the books because if yeah. something were to happen to him before he could finish them, he wanted to make sure that they had it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right, so Brian, I'll get won't get too deep into it right now because I just want to I want to talk about the last two seasons and we got to. I'm not going to do a full in-depth thing like we've been doing, just because there's so much to talk about. But uh, I want to just ask you real quick, since you did read all of the books, what do you think were some of the the best adaptations that they took? And what were a couple that you think really haven't gone well? Granted, yes, the books haven't ended, so there are still some things up in the air, but just kind of like based on what you know so far. 
Well, the last two seasons are so far beyond just about anything the books do that there's not much to compare it to. That's the problem. That's why you feel like there's a noticeable dip in quality because they don't have the source material to work off anymore except for, like you said, a handful of notes. I feel like they should have just hired George George R. R. Martin. There we go. What does... uh... The RR stand for, by the way. Rural Root. Yeah, he's actually Hispanic, even though he doesn't look like it anymore. Yeah, things happen when you get older. <clears throat> All right. Um, the truth. So now uh, Raymond Richard. <laughs> Raymond. Oh, so Richard. he didn't directly steal it from Tolkien. Did you know his name was Tolkien? Yeah, dude, everybody knew his name was Tolkien. That may have been the greatest reveal in South Park history. <laughs> that Tolkien's name was actually Tolkien. No, wait, wait, wait. I swear, I saw Cartman wear a shirt that said that spelled a T-O-K-E-N. Well, yeah, dude, Cartman's a dumbass. Oh, greatest reveal ever. So, um... Coming out of this... Who were your favorite characters on the show, Dan? Oh, man. So remember early on in the show where I said I liked Littlefinger and I hated Varys? <laughs> Did that completely flip flop That for completely you? flipped by <laughs> season three. By the end of season three. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was one of the biggest, I think, things that the show totally dropped was the stuff that Littlefinger did in the show book Littlefinger would never have been dumb enough to go down that route like he just was just completely left you know at the mercy of other characters in certain spots whereas book Littlefinger had ever plots within plots and he always had a continuous yeah it always approach. seemed like it always seemed like he um, he set things up so that when shit happened to him he would be okay in the in the in the show, like he didn't have plans, but yeah. he had the influence over the people that he needed to have the influence over. So when someone did something and he went, "Oh shit, I'm fucked." Nope, I just talk to this person, say these three words, and I'm good. I think my first big kind of disappointment with that is right after one of my favorite scenes when he kicks Lysa through the or pushes Lysa through the moon door, but then he's just kind of left for Sansa to have to save his ass, and it's like. In the books, there was a whole other character that was involved that he managed to pin it on, like, believably pin it on that he could have done it, and, like, he didn't, he wasn't even a suspect. I'm still a little disappointed he didn't scream, this is Westeros, when he kicked her. (laughs) (laughs) So how he could see care of in the end, fucking ruled. Oh, yeah, when when Littlefinger gets Littlefingered. Yeah, because when we're supposed to be thinking she's going to get rid of her sister, and then nope, and she they turns figured the it out. Thank you very much. Uh, that was one of my favorite twists. Okay, so let me ask you: now that you've seen the last season, opinions on the fate of the Night King? Because Kit Harrington has famously said that he was pissed it was Arya and not John. I think everybody, almost everybody felt that. 
Yeah, but also like I also like when it goes against the normal, right? Like like how now I'm at this point I'm still one of the only people that likes Hermione and Ron as the couple. Because I'm like, it doesn't. Harry doesn't have to end up with "quote unquote" the girl. Yeah, I never he understood. Has to do every trope ever. You can stop some. I didn't or actually not adhere to all of them. I was I like, I love, I love Harry that Ron, and Her- Ron and Hermione end up together. Ron and Hermione ending up together actually felt more natural than it would have been Harry and Hermione. That's one of the things I think Game of Thrones and George specifically got really famous and is very good at is subverting like common fantasy tropes and expectations. Like he doesn't do what a classic fantasy story would have happen. He does what would most likely realistically happen. So Arya just coming out of nowhere and finishing the Night King freaking ruled. The episode itself, like those two episodes, first of all, Cinema, like cinematically wise, were absolutely amazing. They felt more like a horror movie than anything the show had done previously. It was, it was an epic climax to the White Walker thing. I think the only problem with what happened to the Night King and Arya taking him out is it completely ignores so much lore and prophecy and stuff. That I mean, to be fair, the books are more heavily involved in the books than the show. But it's like so. They magically bring Jon Snow back from the dead, making it seem like the Lord of Light, who you know has to exist because characters have magic and they can do shit that's not normal, has a plan for him. Yeah, what was the plan? Just been brought to... back six times. Yeah. Yeah. But what was the plan for him? Like, the only thing he did was distract the undead dragon so that Arya could get in there and get the kill. Like, Well, why? yeah, but if it wasn't for him, then they wouldn't. all the armies wouldn't have shown up and everyone would have just gotten ran over, right? So maybe it's about his leadership and not about his ability on the battlefield. Yeah, like, he needed to be the one to unite the North and finally make a stand against it. Yeah. I see what I, you're saying. I do like Sansa's storyline conclusion after everything she went through. Oh, she that, got the best revenge. That was... That may have actually been one of my favorite character developments in the entire series. Yeah, Sansa she, developed... Um, was a, her development was amazing. Because she starts off so weak and so helpless, and then she just becomes the freaking queen. She becomes a bad bitch by the end. Oh, yeah. You said it yourself. You haven't fed them in days. I love her, uh, her first meeting with Danny. Where you can tell that she's nut- doesn't trust her at all, but she's putting on that fake face to be hospitable. Right? She's so good at the two face. Like I'm smiling and I'm being pleasant, but also I hate your guts. <laughs> but also I will kill you if you if you try anything. Um, let's talk about a couple of the characters' fates at the end. What do you make of the ultimate fate of Daenerys Targaryen? This is something major. Sorry, and like, stop me if you have something that you wanted to say. This is something that I really wanted to discuss. So I feel like, once again, this is probably one of those bullet points that George had set out for him. Like, here, she is eventually going to kind of become the bad guy. And there, there are breadcrumbs throughout the entire series of the whole Targaryen madness. Every time a Targaryen is born... God flips a coin. You see her just slowly getting more and more ruthless and 
she's doing what she thinks is right, but the measures she takes to get there become more and more extreme. That was like one of my favorite things about like the back end of season uh, six is um, you're watching Daenerys being stopped from becoming her father. Meanwhile, in Westeros, Cersei's not being stopped, and she is becoming the Mad King. Mm Mm-hmm. Cersei's becoming more and more the Mad Queen. And then, as we see in season seven, eight, Daenerys falls anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is understandable, given everything that happens to her. She loses the second to last of her dragon. She loses her best friend, being told her entire life that she's going to be welcomed in Westeros with open arms, and she gets there, and it's nothing but distrust. She was pushed then, one step too far, and she, she and the sees guy she's fucking is her nephew. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's par for the course for Targaryens. So. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like it's a twin brother or sister or whatever. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, those, ones, those be, ones are real freaks. I mean, she was originally going to be wed to Viserys, which is her biological brother. So this is this is better than that, at least. But the major thing that I think bothered me so much about her heel turn was the final catalyst for it, the ringing of the bells when she's burning down King's Landing. And people try to argue that, like, it was her quick decision to be like, no, I have to lead with strength, I can't show any sort of mercy, I have to know that there's no messing with me sort of thing. But that almost feels, I don't know, that always felt like a weak explanation. Do you want to hear my idea of how I think it would have, and without changing much, how it could have made her final, you know, fall into darkness so much better. Not interested. Oh, well, (laughs) I see how it is. I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the first thing they have to change is, and I get this is probably a budget reason because animating dragons is expensive, but don't have Danny forget about the Iron Fleet and have... I forget which one it was. Rhaegal? I think it was the green one. 360 no-scoped by stupid Euron Greyjoy out of nowhere. That was dumb, and that didn't need to happen. Have everything else play out exactly the same. During the final siege, when, you know, she's pretty much won and they're ringing the bells, have her actually, like, all right, I've won, let's go, you know, set up the surrender. That's when you have the second-to-last dragon taken out by a scorpion out of nowhere. Yeah, that would have made more sense. That would have been a much more immediate, you know, devastating emotional blow that would have made her just get out, fuck it, everything's done, I'm burning everything. Yeah, I think that would have been the better way to do it. I agree with that. Once I've heard you, because you've told me this before, we've had these conversations... Once you told me that, I was immediately like, yep, that makes sense. These are things that make sense. Um, how about who ends up on the Iron Throne? What are our thoughts there? Well, I actually Uh, think uh, it makes a lot of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean... I was hoping... Okay, so... I'm I'm kind of going to go back a little bit to the madness part. So we finally got to the point where we know that Bran can fuck up somebody's mind in the past and change things from the past. 
like I was under the assumption that like he had also something to do with the Mad King going mad and saying burn them all. I was also going to talk about this. I heard this recently and that would have been so cool. Right? I feel like he discovered that fire would can actually kill the like the the walkers and then he was the, he was saying burn them all and then it got into his head and then he just started repeating the same thing. So then ev- literally everything is Bran's fault. Or it's uh, <laughs> the previous <laughs> Raymond's fault. Uh, I have a question, actually. It's uh, unrelated to the, the current thing. Uh, the seed is strong. Oh, you want like a full explanation of like what that the, meant? Yeah, the fuck did that end up being? <laughs> oh, so the seed is strong was basically John Aaron trying to hint at the fact or the thing that Ned found out that like the Baratheon bloodline is extremely yeah. prevalent. All the male heirs all have black hair. It makes no yeah, sense yeah. why if they were his biological kids, they'd have blonde hair. That was it. Okay. Also how once again, back to Littlefinger, how brilliant of a scheme was that the entire, pretty much everything was set up by him. He convinced Lysa to have John Aaron poisoned pretty much setting off the events of the entire story. Yeah. That was such an amazing reveal because you didn't really expect it. Like there wasn't, there wasn't many hints that that was what was really going on. Cause Littlefinger kept his cards so close to his chest. Do you notice how Littlefinger and Varys, their ultimate fates came because they just took it one step too far. I mean, yeah. Like I'm still a Varys didn't deserve what happened to him. My guy was just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> he could see Danny was going crazy before just about anybody else was ready to believe it. Yeah, well. Littlefinger deserved that shit. Right, he's trying to play <laughs> sisters against each other. Nope. Again. When one is a literal assassin. Alright, how about so here's something that I remember coming up in in like the hype for the last season. Uh, the actor who plays Euron Greyjoy repeatedly t- told us that his character was going to make Ramsay look like a cuddly kitten when he was done. I don't think that came to be. No, Euron was one of the most bad, like the probably most different character books versus show. The book version of Euron is this badass, like super mysterious. He's not, he's not this bumbling. I just want to fuck the queen mustache twirling cartoon villain that the show made him into. He's not a horny frat boy. He is just this, first of all, he's the only person to ever sail to the ruins of Valyria and come back. The whole thing where uh, Tyrion and Jorah go through there, that doesn't happen. In the books. Does Jorah not get grayscale in the books? Nope. Or he just hasn't gotten grayscale yet. To be honest, it's been such a long time, I don't remember. And, like, that's a plot thread that was never closed up, so maybe it's not super solidified, but I don't remember if that happens or not. Jorah's end was awesome, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went out the way he deserved to go out, finally protecting his queen one last time. Even Drogon cried at his death, like, fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was a rough one. That scene 
where the Dothraki are, they all have their torches lit, and they ride off, and you just see the torches go out one by one, and everybody has the oh shit moment. I thought all the Dothraki were pretty much wiped out in the Battle of the Bastards. How did they get them all back for the battle against the White Walkers? I guess they there was more, more money. They got them back from Marine, kidding. I guess. The ones that kept in Marine, they, they were like, we're going to need you guys. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> All right, here's one I'm st- I'm still disappointed in because I feel like visually it didn't work. Uh, the the death of Cersei and Jaime together, which was like a poetic way to go out, and I get that, but visually it just looks so lame because it looked like they were just standing in a dumb place. And I'm standing. <laughs> and I I think I think that could just be a failure of cinematography and direction. Well, we don't even see them, right? They just Tyrion finds them later underneath the pile. Yeah. You kind of see it as it's happening. You see them like hugging, and then the ceiling coming down, and then it cuts away. Right, and that was my big thing. Was like, okay, so they're gonna die. They're gonna die together. And that's but it also makes Greyjoy's death mean mean even less for him because he mm-hmm. thinks he killed him and he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was actually. A, a good gut punch death in the last season two was Theon Greyjoy. Theon did eventually redeem himself because Bran flat out tell because Bran knows everything now and he goes, "You really are a good man," <clears throat> and he knows Theon's about to die. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people people like apologizing for what they did and Bran being like, "Well, hey, if you didn't do what you did, you wouldn't be here now when it mattered." So. Yeah, so, he really does see all the pieces and, like, know the end, like, long game of everything. Did so. you see, like, after Sophie Turner shot the, the aunt, the aunt's funeral scene, she couldn't stop crying? she not know going into it? Like, I, I wonder how many of the... She like, was told there was a wedding. <laughs> well, and it, also, like, these people became pretty much family on the set. So, like, knowing that all of a sudden they... Your character's she, about to die. Yeah, and they won't get to work together anymore because, according to everybody, Alfie Allen was like the the coolest person you've ever met. Like he was so nice, and everybody got along with him. I always love that uh, Jack Leeson, who played Joffrey, was apparently like the sweetest person. Yep, yep. That's how it is. The people who are the nicest people in real life can play the most despicable characters. That's usually how it works. And he even got letters from George, like saying, "Congratulations, you're the most hated character in TV history. Well done." <laughs> I love um, one of the things that Lena Headey has said that fans would skip her at conventions because they don't like Cersei and they just assume that she's the same way. And she said that never bothered her because that meant that her portrayal of Cersei was convincing. Yep. And that's yep. that's, that's, that a, that's a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. It's a great mindset to have too. Like you got you you just kind of have to embrace it. Mm-hmm. She owned that role so well. And she got so despicable at the end. Uh, we might as well start talking about some of the stuff that happened in the latter half of season six. How about the uh, the trial that she doesn't show up to? <laughs> yeah, Dan, I want to know what you were making of that. Did uh, you see that coming at all? Uh, no, uh, but then I did. I did start to notice that like all of her enemies are there, and she's not going. And they she stops Tommen from going, and then they reveal that all of the. The green flame is underneath. All the wildfire. Yeah, all the wildfires underneath the place, and then it fucking blows it up. I mean, it was fucking 
That was that was metal as hell. <laughs> so was the yeet out the window, right? Tommy's like, well, I don't have any <laughs> yeah, reason to live as, anymore. As soon as, they, as soon as he's alone, he just jumps out the window, <laughs> and she's gone so far. She just says, "Burn him, make the rest." She Which is okay. One of the only redeeming things about Cersei's character is she loves her kids more than anything. Even Joffrey, like she'll do anything to protect them. So I feel like that was. That was out of character for her. Even after everything she's been through, she should have been devastated at times. Well, now stuff. she was she had, she was childless at that point. Then, yeah. Once again, fulfilling the prophecy that Maggie the Frog put forth. Yes. So I like, and then they can. Comp- oh, I was just gonna do a minor rant about how they set up all the things for that prophecy, but she was sup- still supposed to be killed by the hand of the Valonqar or the little brother. Yeah. Which I you can kind of make a case for it because technically she was born first, so Jamie was her younger sibling, and he was holding her when she died. But I don't know; that just seemed weak. Jamie was my favorite character from the book, so I was extra upset when they just completely backtracked on his character. Nope, I gotta oh, go man. back to Cersei. Season one, Jamie, piece of shit. Season two happens. Fucking love him from then on. It was right? like, I've seen well, that meme before, where it's like, remember we hated these characters, and it's like the Hound, <laughs> Jamie Lannister. Beyond great joy. Mm-hmm. It's oh, a... yeah, the hound, where they're like, he didn't die. As a matter of fact, we're going to bring in the dude from uh, uh, Deadwood for one episode to redeem him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the <laughs> saying is just like, you live long enough as the hero, you become the villain. But in, in Game of Thrones, if you live long enough as the villain, you become the hero. Mm-hmm. Unless your name is Cersei. <laughs> yeah. Unless your name is Cersei. <laughs> All right, so let's quickly. I don't. I'm not going to do a full season six deal, but we have to talk about the Battle of the Bastards. That was my favorite battle from the entire series. That's easily the best battle in the series. It is, yeah, because it, it goes through different things. Like they get surrounded, and then the veil shows up. The full awesome. double encirclement, which has only happened like twice ever in military history, it's one of the most difficult things to pull off. But if it happens to you, you are completely fucked. Yeah, well, they they did that on purpose. They wanted to show, like, that whole... The absolute helplessness and the horror and just yeah. knowing that there's no way out. Like, that was so well done. Well, how about how it starts where he's purposefully missing... Uh, Rickon? Rickon, um, oh my god, just running like, oh, a no, I know. idiot. And we, I'm also like, I, we, it was proven, like, in his third scene in the fucking show, he's ace shot from really far away. He's mm-hmm. gonna get him eventually. Yeah, this um, dude's a master marksman. He's not gonna. He's missing him on purpose. And you because there's the scene like the third, like the third big scene with him. I think is when he chases down an escapee mm-hmm. with his girlfriend, and they freaking sniper from like wicked far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much knew when Rickon showed up there. I'm like, oh, he's he's not gonna survive. There's no way. Uh, we all knew he was dead. The point that each. One of them, Stark children, thought all the other Rodans were dead. And in the end, it was like, nope, just the oldest and the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, uh... I was more upset over what happened to the giant than what happened to Rickon, honestly. Oh, God. Because that was just a big middle finger. He was the last of his kind. And then Ramsay kills him just just to be a dick. And then Sansa feeds him to the dogs. Yep. They're oh, but they're loyal. loyal. But you said it yourself. Beasts. You said yourself they haven't eaten. <laughs> they 
haven't eaten in days. That, that scene was originally that scene had to be edited like heavily because it was going to be so dang gory. They're like, we we really shouldn't show this. They were going to have him pretty much being ripped apart. No, you HBO, you show that shit. <laughs> we we all deserve that, right? <laughs> Instead of just half a second of his face getting bitten. The Winds of Winter episode that ended season six was such a great episode too. Like, like we we already talked about the the Sept of Baylor just mm-hmm. going up in flames, but the big... that was like another almost red wedding moment where all of a sudden all these major characters <clears throat> are just completely taken off the table in an instant. And then, of course, Bran re- learning Jon Snow's true identity. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't get revealed until season seven, but the hint is right there because yep. he mentioned they show the baby, and then they show his face. They right show afterwards. his face right after, which is which was great. Supposedly, which is a great story. I love it. Supposedly, the story that I heard is how D and D, the original showrunners, got the job to like they got the okay from George was he asked them who is Jon Snow's mother, like who are Jon Snow's parents, and they actually answered it correctly. Nice. Because the hints are there in the books, but you, you really have to do multiple read-throughs and really dig so deep it's, to figure it out. it's Ed Stark's sister. Yep. And the oldest uh, Targaryen son. Yep, Rhaegar. Which the story was that he raped her, but no. Nope, she he actually had his went... previous marriage annulled, and then he married her in yep. secret. Because Lyanna was betrothed to Robert, but she was not interested in him. And they spun the story that Rhaegar kidnapped her, but she went willingly. Yeah. And then the whole thing, because if you let, if Robert knows that this is Rhaegar's kid, he's going to kill him. He's going to kill the kid. So he has to swallow his honor and almost ruin his marriage to protect him. Rhaegar was such a tragic character because he was a legitimately good person. He was just on the wrong side. He was not an evil bastard like the Mad King, his father, turned out. But he was the firstborn, and yep. if he wanted a full takeover of the throne, he had to go. Yep. And if he had taken over, if he, if Robert had lost the rebellion and Rhaegar had become king, things would have been so much better. He would have been a much better king than Robert. You, you notice that. Like, that's part of the that's part of why shit goes down, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well. Robert was a good leader, but good leaders don't always make good rulers. Exactly. That's the thing. And that's He was always more of a warrior than an administrator. Then there's always the whole like I mean he wasn't a bad king, he just wasn't good at being He was king. inattentive <laughs> at best. Yeah. He was more with the trappings of being king than actually yep. being king. Meanwhile, Littlefinger is secretly running the kingdom into higher and higher debt and fucking everybody over. Oh. One of my uh the bank. So, I got to talk about this. the uh, The season seven opener has the best cold open in the series. When Arya wipes out all of House Frey, wearing Walder Frey's face, I'm yeah, like, I was she like, "What just... the hell? This, this must be ha- this must happen because the last season ended with him dying." <laughs> like, when did this happen? And then, <laughs> and she just rips the face off and walks out while the the open starts. Hmm. Oh, that was so freaking good. That I know, was... There's not many cold opens in that show, but that one stuck out. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite characters in the whole series has got to be Bronn. Bronn is amazing. Some and of the best one-liners. Bronn is definitely king of the one-liners. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't like the Hound. It has great one-liners too, but I still say Braun. It Braun is king when it comes to just pure comedy. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones is when he's like, "This is my son, Rickon Dickon," and Braun just starts just... laughing. <laughs> uh. That's such a great <laughs> moment, and I almost wonder if it was improv. I'm sure a lot of that stuff. I'm sure probably was. <laughs> Braun was great. Braun was a great character. My favorite is when he saves Jamie from the dragon fire and immediately pulls him to the shore and goes, listen, you cunt, you're not allowed to die till I get my fucking castle. <laughs> and then Braun gets his castle because he gets the twins. That's like the best part. Braun is a much less fun character in the books. He's... He's pretty much just a mercenary who's only in it for the money, and once he gets his castle and everything, he just kind of fucks off, and you don't see him for the rest of the series. He's like he's like a character that changed a lot, but also didn't change at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love at the end the uh, like Brand's High Council. It's Braun. It's somehow as the master of coin who probably doesn't even know how to read. <laughs> uh, Sam Samuel Tarley is on the council. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the Grand Master. Brienne of Tarth. Bander the yep. Kingsguard. Yep, and then uh and Podrick becomes a, a full blown knight, doesn't he? I think so. Podrick is like my favorite under the radar character in the whole series. Cause he's there and he doesn't do a lot, but when but he does He's always impactful and he always has a purpose. Yeah, you just end up really liking him. And he's like one of the few like wholly good characters that doesn't have any evil machinations or any hidden subplots he's trying to work towards. Dude, he he's even good. fucks good and he doesn't take advantage right? of it. Right? <laughs> Tell us everything you get <laughs> in detail. Uh, I love that, that just so, so talk about Padre, at least we talk about... Um... One scene I didn't expect I was going to cry in, but that it turned that way is because it's episode one of the last season where everyone's getting ready for the battle and all the big night people are hanging out in the one fire and they decide, fuck it, a knight can knight another knight. Mm-hmm. And Brienne gets knighted. Yeah, who the fuck is that? Was, that was a great fucking scene. I'm Love not it. crying, you're crying. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> That that episode was great. Even though there was no action, it was all character moments and all yeah. storytelling. Sometimes those are the best episodes. Because they mm-hmm. knew they were going to have to ham fist plot later in the season. <laughs> I heard a lot of people were saying like that was the last actual episode of the show before it really took a Noah's dive. I mean, I still like what happens and, you know, whatever afterwards, but that's like the last, like, yeah. That was that was the the last final peak of storytelling. Is what everyone's doing that night, mm-hmm. knowing that sometime They're... that night they will be reawoken to fight the dead, to fight a zombie apocalypse that they're probably not going to live through. And now, freaking uh, Sam gives his sword to Jorah, and he says, "I hope we make it through the night." Mm-hmm. And then Jorah doesn't. Uh, that's rough. God, how epic was that in the actual battle? Like the op- like when you first see the wave of title of uh, 
whites come through, and it's literally like a tidal wave of corpses. Ugh. How terrifying and well done was that? Really well done. The, uh... Alright, let's talk about, uh... What, what the hell's her name? Um, Leanna Mormont? Oh my god, yes. I love the actress saying, like, my favorite part of that job was I got to tell a bunch of grown-ups and put them in their place. <laughs> She's such a freaking little badass. Mm-hmm. And then she even goes out in a badass way. Oh yeah, with stabbing the giant in the eye mm-hmm. to kill it. As Just battle crushed. scream ah, as she's getting crushed to death. That'll make them like they used to. We were at a uh, we were at a backbreaker show up in Scranton, and it was it was a Saturday night show, and we were talking about that specific episode because it was airing the next day, and we're standing outside, you know. Setup's already done. We're kind of bullshitting. The f- no fans there yet. And my buddy Chris Decker's there, who's just as much of an expert as you are, Brian. Read all the books, knows the lore, follows it, etc. And he's like, so what do you guys think's going to happen during this battle? Like, who's going to die was kind of the, the topic of conversation. I'm like, oh, that's a good question. And he goes, first thing he says is, I think Grey Worm's fucking toast. <laughs> well, that didn't happen. Nope. <laughs> so... But that episode was so good at making you realistically think, like, nobody is safe. Well, yeah. Like, you really and then, didn't and know then like, no one truly super important died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're kind of like, all right, Beric's done. You know that Ed's there to die. Like, is Leanna Mormon's showing up just so she can die. Talk about a runner-up for, like, King of Comedy. Dolorous Ed was, he had some gold in the series, too. He did. I think the big one for me was uh, was Jorah, was the one I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. That was like the death I wasn't expecting coming out of but that episode. But it was episode. the one that, that made the most sense. I kind of I mean, still knew didn't th- want it to happen. No. Yeah, I, I don't say I wasn't expecting it, but it was still, it still really sucked. I kind of knew Theon was going this episode. Didn't make it any less easy to, to see it happen. Mm-hmm. I think the unexpected one was Mila Sandre just riding off into the night and basically just letting herself die at that point. Yeah, this was she essentially won it for her when she she started the fight where everyone's swords were on fire and she actually started the the spikes on fire. That and was so over, cool. and she walks away, takes her thing off, and dies. She because she's fulfilled her purpose. Like her entire life has been in service to the Lord of Light. Yeah, knowing that it was her. She is the only one that took one of the only ones that took the White Walker seriously, and they did it. The final battle's over, and they won. But she had no purpose left. Plus, you know, she was hundreds of years old already. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember I... you hearing you talk about that. So that she takes her necklace off, and she's this ancient hag. The uh... I'm just like okay, you could take everything off, but keep that necklace on, right? <laughs> Keep that fucking necklace on. So that episode is so busy, I actually forget that Mila Sandre gives a prophecy to Arya that she'll shut many eyes forever, which is which was from a previous episode. Yeah, that was when she was taken by the Brotherhood. Yeah, because the and emphasis when they were Gendry. The emphasis was blue eyes, which realize we hinted at the the Night King. I yep. forgot all about that until I'm reading some of these descriptions back, and that is a. I think that's, like, a real key thing here because 
we mentioned earlier the whole thing we thought it was going to be John's fate, but they actually did predict it would be Arya. You know what? You're right. I had completely forgotten about that. So maybe maybe there was something to be missed there. I hope somebody already had left a comment in the section at that point, and we're just like right, like contesting what we just said, and just like oh, just wait, just wait till about the the fifty nine minute mark. We'll we'll mention it because <laughs> that's where we are right now. So we'll mention it. Uh, yeah, the long night was a. I like that episode. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other some of the other like ultimate character fates that I wasn't a big fan of. I knew I I I always kind of knew the hound was going to go down by taking out the mountain. So to me that was a satisfactory character arc. Yep. The, yeah, the Clegane Bowl as it was referred to in the fandom for years. Clegane Gate. Like just fight until the castle falls on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clegane Bowl. Yeah, I've I've heard that called a couple of times. That was I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. Um, I think John did does ultimately get somewhat of a raw deal because a lot of his prophecies don't turn out to be factual or misinterpreted or whatever. But I do really enjoy the fact that he decides that he's going to go like unite the North and has made peace with the Wildlings. Yeah, I didn't necessarily take it as that he was going to unite the North. I took it as, like, he is free now. He can do whatever he wants. He's not bound by any Westerosi politics. Right. Because he felt more at home up North living with Ygritte than he ever did anywhere else in his entire life, pretty much. Yeah, it's his punishment. Uh, yes. Yeah, air quotes, punishment. Yeah, speaking of characters that we hated and then loved, Tormund, Giant Spain. I love Tormund from the beginning. Tormund is amazing. <laughs> I freaking love. Is the big woman gonna be there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was because like he shows up like season two, right? When he's above the wall, and I'm like, wait, he's gonna meet Brienne sometime. Those memes have to have met something. <laughs> when he's just grinning at her, and she's just like, <laughs> she's looking away, disgusted. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> So they had on a uh, when when the last Jedi came out on the Jimmy Kimmel show they have like the whole cast on to mm-hmm. and Gwendolyn Christie played Captain Phasma so she's on there and Jimmy Kimmel's like so Gwen I've got a question for you is Jamie Lannister going to end up with Brienne of Tarth and everybody starts laughing she goes does anybody want that to happen <laughs> and the whole place cheers yeah I did and it does until they have to leave. I yeah, but I wanted Brienne with Torment. I thought that would have been great. <laughs> well, you don't always get what you. That's another thing too, right? Like, and this is a problem with fandoms in general, uh, especially speaking of fandoms. Considering that, like that new Star Wars trilogy, like I've talked in the past about the flaws I think the trilogy has, but ultimately I still believe a lot of the fan complaints came from the fact that their fan fictional version was better than what they got, and they can't accept that. And I kind of feel like, while while I'm not a fan of how Game of Thrones ended, I also feel like a lot of people built up way too much of an expectation and when it didn't come out the way that they wanted, there was there was too much negativity on that front than a genu- genuine criticism of how it ended. Does that make sense? Yeah. I agree with you on the Star Wars front to a point. 
because every movie just felt so different from the last one. Because they were. We talked about that. Because they were yeah. disjointed because of the directors and the different changes. And yeah, they hated some of them because they're just like, well, I hated this about the previous movie, so I have to fix that first and then get to my movie. Yeah. Right? The that's, whole Rise of Skywalker. That's what I was disappointed like, in. That's what Rise of Skywalker was. It was J.J. rapidly trying to make everybody happy after the 180 that Last Jedi took, and then it ended up... It was like, enough of this. <laughs> enough of this ship. We're going to shut it down. We're going to introduce a whole new character and be like, that's his old girlfriend. So stop putting him and Finn together. Okay. I didn't have a problem with Poe Finn or Finn Poe. I had a problem with how they completely did nothing with Finn's character. Well, yeah. Yeah. they they, Like in the trailers, they made him out to be like, he was going to be the main character with Ray. And then he's, he was kind of sidelined. I felt bad for him, man. Yeah, after after Force Awakens, he didn't have much of a point. The fandom hated uh, ro- the Rose. By the end character. of Force Awakens, it was like, oh, you're just a soldier. Okay. The friggin' fandom hated the Rose Tico character so much they bullied Kelly Marie Tran off of Twitter. That, right, that is See, that's toxic as hell. That's yeah, toxic. That. Yeah, I I liked her. I didn't have an issue with that at all. And then I didn't like, I didn't like her, but I didn't I didn't have any negative thoughts. And then her. next movie, there. next movie, she's in the background in like three scenes. <laughs> Jeez. Come on, people! Yeah. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. People will complain. So, yep. Here's the thing about like about me with the Game of Thrones. I watched it in three months. Like some of y'all t- took ten years because you were watching it as it came out. Right? Yeah, that that was so, part of it too. That's probably where a lot of the more heavy backlash came from because people had been grown up with it and people that had been watching it for so long and they built up their expectation of this epic finale. Overall, yeah. I don't. I don't say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm upset with where it ended. I'm just upset how it got there. I, so, I agree with that statement. Sometimes the journey is better than the destination. Yeah, that's why like the, the pacing just changed and it is noticeable. Yep. There were three times where I took breaks from Game of Thrones because I I just needed to. One of them was uh, after the red wedding because, you know, I actually did not get spoiled by that. I did not know what was going to happen. And I was just like, I, I remember turning it off. I'm just like, am I not supposed to like anybody? Because I feel like everybody's just going to fucking die. <laughs> like, I remember <laughs> thinking that to myself. Isn't I'm that... just like, oh, Ned's going to be a badass. Oh, Ned's, Ned's dead. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I it, guess it... there's always, like, I, I, I'm just like, everybody in his family is going to die. No, the meme uh, started from that, didn't they? Like, I feel like that was a direct result of the Red Wedding. Is that where the meme started? That when it was like, all right, Game of Thrones, my lesson learned. Don't get attached to any characters, because fuck. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so I took a break from uh, from there. I can't remember the exact second break. I think that was just an unintentional one. But then the other one, I took a break from uh, Hold the Door. Oh, my God. That was the that roughest. Was at the, right? That is still I, I and now that I've got a full series perspective, all seventy three episodes have been viewed uh, more than once at this point because I've done I've done a full series rewatch. Hold the door is still to me the most devastating moment in the entire show because For me, that show the Eddie whole show. show that scene fucked my head up so bad. Not just the circumstances of what was happening and how he was dying, but how it came there and watching it happen simultaneously it was uh, it was just too much of a mind fuck 
And it was so like his entire life became he became a victim at his very last moments. And like, how fucked up is that? That was the episode more than anything that made me really hate Bran as a character. And that's, you know, and I get you guys who've read the books. I understand Bran is a much better character in the book. But me, who's only seen the show at that moment... (laughs) That I actually was... wouldn't even go that far. He's not as well developed in the and and get in the books too. He's younger. He's still only like ten years old, maybe. So. I mean, I guess, but still, I, I, I agree. I, I started hating him from that moment because I thought, oh, he's gonna get like a really cool character development with like these like new magical powers that he's got and stuff like that. Then that moment happened, and I was just like, fuck it, just feed him to the White Walkers. <laughs> Right Fuck when he finally <laughs> when he finally gets all these cool powers and everything, his whole personality is gone, and he just becomes a robot. Do you remember the theory that Bran was actually the Night King that never came to be? Yeah, I was upset. Okay, another rant. I don't even like the fact that the show gave us the origin of the White Walkers. Oh, you wanted it to be more mysterious. Yeah, I feel like whatever your mind can come up with is going to be better than any possible explanation you could get. Oh, but the humans were destroying the planet. Yeah, it was the war between the First Men and the Children of the Forest, so they created this ritual to try to stop the children, or stop First Men that went awry. But that twist, it was Captain Planet all along. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Protect the environment, kids, or I'll turn you into a motherfucking tree. The Don Cheadle thing. Yeah. <laughs> but or yeah. The Rick the... and Morty evil uh, corporate Captain Planet character that Morty falls in love with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes on a murderous rage. Yep. Uh, I've actually sh- never seen Rick and Morty. Speaking of shows with toxic fandoms, mm-hmm. that's another one. That's... I-, I said this the other day. Um, that wrestling and Star Wars fans remind me daily why I don't interact with any of them. Mm-hmm. Because I get so tired of the complaining. The The two big ones that are happening right now is um, a British, British bruiserweight wrestler Pete Dunne got called up to the main roster and they changed his name. And every time that happens, there's a huge outcry from everybody. And I get it, but at the same time, it's... I'm t- almost, I'm tired of hearing it because it's always the same thing. We hate the fact that you're changing this guy's name and changing their gimmick. Okay, but you're still watching, supporting, and buying the merchandise, so you're really not that upset. If you were upset enough to make a change, you would have done it by now. The Star Wars thing right now is because the Inquisitors don't look like they did on the show, and people are upset about that. And I'm like, well, neither did Ahsoka... And people also complained about that. I I think it's just a thing where you're never going to make the entire fandom happy. And you can't make the entire fandom happy. But where do you draw the line? Where Where does it hit the ridiculous point where the fans are being unreasonable? And I think it just has to do when you get to that point where every single decision that happens is being horribly scrutinized by the same people who refuse to give up on it. When people start hating every single decision and finding ways to disagree with it and shit on it, then you know it's turned. 
It's turn. Listen, exactly. I, at this point, I don't care how something is going to turn out, but if you are going to make a, a new trilogy, then you need to have the same writer and director on board for the entire fucking process. Just don't switch them up. You need to have a plan from the start, and they didn't. They were still working out the final plot details of Rise of Skywalker as they were filming it. Yes, I agree. That is why the sequel trilogy ultimately will not hold up as well as the prequel trilogy as a whole. I think I've even said this before. I would still prefer to watch Phantom Menace and even... Well, I can't even say even Attack of the Clones, because I, I like Attack better than Phantom. That that's one of those ones that goes either way. Like like I know when Simon Pegg did his ranking, he put Attack at the bottom because he felt like Attack didn't fix any of Phantom's problems, even though they were aware of it. I'm like, okay, I, that that's fair, and that's usually if somebody puts Attack of the Clones below Phantom Menace, that's usually what their argument is. Uh, I like it better because it's got it's got more action and a more it, it's got a more action heavy plot. And more lore going on with it than like the because Phantom was a little too politicky, mm-hmm. and we get we get uh, you get Obi Wan Nor Nor yeah he's a Nor detective for like the first half of that movie yeah so I'm, I I much prefer that but like I would still. If I'm given the uh, if I'm given the choice, right? Like you come up to me, and you hand me the two trilogies. The original is not factored in here because obviously I would pick that every time. But you go, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch one of the Star Wars trilogies. Do you want to watch the prequels or the sequels? I'm going to honestly tell you prequels. I would actually watch the prequels over the original trilogy to tell you the truth. Well, you've also told me that your favorite movie of all time is Revenge of the Sith. So correct. So that's yeah. That's, no. That's a, Sorry. <laughs> okay, every movie is not without its flaws, all right? We've established that. <laughs> Plus, I mean, what they're going they're he's going to get redeemed in Obi-Wan. So have trust yes. in Filoni. Trust in Filoni. <laughs> I I have unwavering trust in Filoni. <laughs> he's going to save Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. <laughs> Dude, they I love the fact that you and McGregor flat out said that like he got emotional doing his scenes with Hayden again and he's like I really think the fans are going to love what we ended up doing. And yeah, you he know talked what? about it, it felt like there no time had passed. It felt like they were still right. just and on the set. It's literally been years. like 16 17 years since the last mm-hmm. time. I was just having this conversation the other day like how the friendships I've learned to value the most are the ones where like you meet up and no time has passed, even though years have passed. And that was a big thing I learned with the connections I made in indie wrestling. Like when I went back to the, when I went back to GSW in December, 2014, and I saw Matt Turner and I hadn't seen Matt Turner since like 2007. And yeah, 2007, 2008, it had been a really long time. I walked in, I saw him, gave him a big hug and we caught up like no time had passed whatsoever. And I value shit like that. So when I hear something like that, I get excited for it because it, you know, I can, it resonates with me. It's something that I can relate to on a personal basis. And I, all the IRL friends I have are like that. We don't see each other for sometimes months at a time. And then it's just like nothing ever happened when we finally do meet up again. 
Can we give a, a, a quick little, like, geek out here about that Obi-Wan teaser trailer, by the way? I was visibly shaking with excitement. I watched it a lot. <laughs> I watched it several <laughs> times in a row. And I'm like, this just looks amazing. This is exactly what I want. And it was I w- so much more action-packed than I expected the series to be. I, I kind of want this to, like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people. But I want this to be like a multiverse split. And now it's just, it's him and Luke died or something. <laughs> <laughs> just continue on from this point. <laughs> you know, now that I... I would kill to see a Star Wars What If series. Yeah. Like what Marvel did. Yeah, now that I'm caught up on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, and I've got a lot more canon knowledge. Uh, There is a potential for a multiverse thing, because that's that's how Ahsoka got written off for so long. Yeah, because they assumed literally she did die, but Ezra pulled her out from a realm beyond time to save her. Yeah, so Star Wars does have that. That plot point exists in the Star Wars universe. It is entirely possible to get there. So, How cool was that scene in Rebels when Ezra is being talked to by Palpatine, and even though you know it's a hologram, it's like the more human version of him looking like how he would if he really was still the Chancellor and never be, never was a Sith Lord. I know. And then all of a sudden it starts to flicker, and then you see the yellow lights flash a bit when Ezra's like, no, I'm not going to do what you say. Yeah, because he's, he's manipulating himself, mm-hmm. and that's friggin' awesome. I love... Yeah, Rebels, Rebels was really good, and I, I did what a lot of people told me. They said, get through the first season, because they, they introduce a lot of characters in a short time. They build up a lot of stuff, but as soon as you get past it... Oh, yeah, that, that first season, you gotta wait till like, the last episode. Yeah, yeah, the first season is a lot of adventure of the week. Not much is really connected. The characters are annoying, and you haven't really gotten to like them yet. And... Yeah, and then they grow on you, and then it's just like, well, damn. And then the show just goes full-on, like, this is amazing. By the What's way, the only, the only oh, character sorry. I think that hasn't had a live-action one, because now that we've had Cad Bane, Hondo Onaka, baby! Yeah. He's oh. next! He's we next! Hondo, I will love if they we need some Hondo. Hondo. Yeah, we need Hondo. I know, I know I've, I've heard a lot of people say that Hera's supposed to show up at some point. Like, they've, they've, they've made plans. I know Sabine Wren's going to be in the next Mandalorian. Oh, really? Yeah, they've confirmed that. Oh, cool! They they Who's they planner? they got the Who's actress and everything. Um, I will look that up right now. Maybe I know they fully explain the what happens to the dark saber, how it goes from her. Well, they've already uh, confirmed that we're getting. Um, they've they've confirmed we're getting live action Thrawn. They've confirmed we're getting live yeah, action Matt, Ezra. Mads Mikkelsen is playing Thrawn. Is that right? Yes. Or? Yeah, I believe I believe you are correct. So that's one of those things that like that gets me excited. Wait, who's playing? Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, okay. His second character he's playing in Star Wars because he played Galen Erso in Rogue One. So Natasha Lou Bordizzo is going to be Sabine. Yeah. Well, do you remember when the news came out that Sasha Banks was going to be in The Mandalorian? Everybody assumed she was going to be Sabine. Because mm-hmm. they're like, that. well, because the multicolored hair and the dark skin, that makes sense. And it's like, nope, she's a completely original character. Yeah, I just looked up that Natasha actress, and she does look like Sabine, actually. Like, that's really good casting. 
Uh, apparently there is going to be... Yeah, apparently they've already filmed some live-action Thrawn. According to the, the setup here. So I just know. started the second of the newer Thrawn novels in the Ascendancy trilogy. Okay, so let me ask you this, because you know, you know your lore a little bit. Um, I know that Thrawn was in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, which was a sequel trilogy, and a lot of people considered that if they ever made a true sequel trilogy, it was going to be those three books turned into movie adaptations. Have they done a good job with the Thrawn that became canon compared to the Thrawn that was in the Legends canon? See, I never really, I never read the Heir to the Empire trilogy. I didn't really get much into the Legends continuity because I was so young when a lot of that was prevalent. Okay. I mean, you're so young that your favorite Star Wars is in the prequels. Hey, you got me there. Like, when I was growing up, I we had the VHS for the original trilogy, but at some point we lost A New Hope and Empire, so we just had Return of the Jedi. Wow. So, yeah, I just watched that one a thousand times. Well, see, that's the thing, people, like, because, like, even back then, like, 20 years ago when the, the prequels were coming out, like, guys, pay attention, because when you were a little kid, when the original came out, little kids, they're going to feel the same about the prequels, and that's what's been happening. The Lucas Back to the Future meme. Oh, you guys aren't ready for this yet, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> I've seen that. That's a good one. Now i got to imagine the kids who these sequels are the first ones. Yeah, I'm curious how people that grow up watching the sequels are going to feel about it compared to us old grumpy people watching they're it. They're like, it's too long. If it's not in a 30-second TikTok, they're not going to watch it. <laughs> Wait, Brian, how old are you again? I will be 33 in May. Oh, so I'm not that much younger than you guys. No, but uh, you're still the youngest the person are, in the call. The rest of us are pushing 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're closer to 40 than we are to 30. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. I can't yeah, believe I'm that. Like I'm done. Nine months away from me. <laughs> it, by the end of this calendar year, Dan will be there. Yeah. It makes you feel any better. I've reached the age where I can hurt myself by sleeping. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for ah. Jeff. To, I'm waiting for Jeff to show up in the comments and be like, yeah, shut up, guys. Years. Yeah. He'll be the first one. Or Image. Image would be the one to comment on that, too. Yeah, I get it. Some of you are older than me. I get it. That doesn't mean I can't still bitch about feeling old. Don't gatekeep being a grumpy Be old? old man. <laughs> Just because you're older than me doesn't mean that I don't still feel old. That's not You don't point. have valid things to complain about. I have, I have a list of valid things to complain about. I've gotten to the point where Tylenol affects me differently than like Advil or aspirin or anything like that. Like I can actually tell the difference. I remember when I was younger, I was just like, fuck it, just give me something. And then it's all going to feel the same anyway. Yeah. But now it's <laughs> the point where one barely works at all. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> is this one. bullshit? Give or me you hard stuff. Or you've, well. or you've been taking a lot of ibuprofen to try to try to just like help your back pain. And then your, your body now no longer works. Because your body's used to it, so it's like, well, we're done with that. So it's either there's no point in taking the pill anymore because it doesn't. Have you ever do slept wrong and been deaf in one ear because of it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That that, that's what happens to me most often. I Not uh, in a while, but it's been it would happen for like a week fully, where I no matter I tried using cotton swabs and I tried with that um, hydrogen peroxide, and it no matter what I did, it wouldn't clear out. 
I uh, I've I've actually slept on my arm once to the point where I woke up the next day and I couldn't lift it above like where my shoulder is Ooh. and I couldn't hold anything more than like twenty pounds. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. I was just like, Good God. Oh, I've absolutely done the done the sleep wrong and wake up and your neck hurts or the shoulder hurts and it's like it's an all day thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're doing the you're doing the stretch or you've got like the the massage thing or like the tennis ball and you're rolling it on your joint really hard and you're like come on just loosen up a little bit this is awful you're moving your body weird people think you're on drugs you're twitching for no fucking reason I'm not a tweaker so... I just slept wrong <laughs> oh that happened to me the one day I uh I went out and shoveled snow off the car shoveled snow brushed snow off the car. And I, I pinched a nerve and I was sitting at work and my hand was physically shaking and I couldn't like, like keep it steady. And thankfully we have a, uh, we have a doctor on site because we do, we have like a nursing department and everything. So we have a doctor on site and he's like, oh, come back here real quick. And he just like, kind of like feels up the nerve and everything. He goes, honestly, all you did was you pinched, you have a really large nerve back here. You pinched it. So... It's going to go away. It's kind of annoying, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm like, okay, well. Oh, that man just saved you like a $3,000 medical bill. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> you, you need to give him like a lobster meal or something. That's how my like health ailments usually go. Like, Unless it's a problem, a significant problem for more than a couple weeks, I don't. I just hope, hope it goes away on its own because doctors are expensive. <laughs> Indeed. You're just like, and I just lost a leg, LBGs. man. I really hope it grows back in a week. <laughs> Good thing I'm part axolotl. <laughs> there you go. Did you guys ever look into the original, what was going to be the final movie in the sequel trilogy? The Colin Trevorrow version? Mm, we've talked about it, but I don't remember. From the script is leaked online, and from what little I've read about it, it would have been so much better than what we got, at least, you know, the script. Who knows how it would have actually turned out. Was it still supposed to be Palpatine? Nope. Palpatine was never a thing. That was that was done. Kylo Ren was going to be the eventual big bad. He was going to end up learning from kind of like a dark side Yoda type character. Like, did you guys play Jedi Fallen Order? Yes. A long time ago. long time ago. Do you remember there was like these alien ruins that you were going around trying to find that were like ancient force using species? It was one of those, but it was like a dark side version. So he wasn't Sith, but like he's lived for thousands of years and he's trained Sith in the past. Kylo eventually learns the essence transfer ability from him and then kills him and then goes off the rails to become the actual like big bad and him and Ray have a big climactic duel at the end. It was going to involve the First Order invading Tourisant and Rose and Finn leading like an underground resistance against them from the lower levels. It was going to involve General Hux committing seppuku on Coruscant with a lightsaber when the battle was like turning against him. Ooh. There was I would so have many, enjoyed that. There were so many cool things that, that could have been. I had heard about the seppuku thing. The I was like, look at this space Hitler. <laughs> That's... And then just turning him into a cartoon. I am the traitor. Well, I thought Kylo started a really good, like, big bad turn at the end of Last Jedi. 
Like he, well, did, he killed Snoke, and it was like, yeah, man. He was going that direction. I actually really liked that because I was like, okay, we we don't really know who Snoke is. We don't really need to. Like, we never really knew who Palpatine was in the original trilogy either. He was he was just the big bad that you needed to stop. He didn't have much of a fleshed out character yet, and that's kind of how they treated Snoke. Yeah, and I do we do you think that we're at too much of a point now where people need like a background and an origin story for everything? Like we've reached a point where everything needs to be explained and people just can't do like the mystery thing anymore. I kind of feel like I that's remember the, sometimes. the back. Remember the backlash for the ending of the movie The Wrestler? Yes, I do. I always assumed that he died. Like people I needed to know whether or not he lived or died. I assumed and he I died. Like, and I didn't care. That is the point of the ending of the movie: is you don't know who he lived or died. I'm and in like, that. I movie. have to know. I have to know. Oh yeah, because you were at the the double. Although you can't see me, I've scanned the crowd multiple times, and I found CJ, and I'm sitting next to CJ. <laughs> so, I was there in spirit. The double feature showing, yeah. Well, also, they shot it over two nights, and we were standing in different places for each one. So, there's a possibility that I, I have to look in two separate locations. In one, we're sitting straight back from the ramp. At the, the second night, we were standing off to the left. So... It's all dependent on where you were or, like, which which scene that they took and who the hell knows. Because, like I said, they shot it in the course of two nights. And it was constantly, like, different angles. And it was, I mean, it was very interesting to see it happen. Those are good shows. There's the um, Eddie Kingston debuted by Yelling at Jigsaw. Um, Kevin Steen's, because the, the building was so weird for wrestling, the... Entrance ramp was nearly 45 degrees, and Steen said, fuck it, and he rolled down the thing. That was a weird it was setup. It was such a steep ramp. It was but a I theater. It speak. was an actual theater. So the ring was up near where the stage was, and then there were just seats going all the way back. The problem is, the further back you went, it actually got really hard to see. So yeah, Steen's just like, fuck it, he just rolled down well, well, Kevin Steen saying "fuck it" is just like a career thing. Since we've transitioned to wrestling, this is this is sad, but I, I have to bring it up because it was breaking news this morning. Uh, Scott Hall, also known as Razor Ramon, is currently on life support as we record this episode. He had complications from a hip surgery and suffered three heart attacks, and that's just that's just a very rough scenario to be in. Especially for a guy like him who's already been through and overcome so much. Really? Like, and we know that that's, like, part of the problem. That lifestyle does eventually catch up to you no matter what. But it's it's just a rough thing to, to read about. Especially, like, mm-hmm. I was just talking to a buddy of mine. Um, we're kind of, we're, we're like, casual friends because of the wrestling connection. And he's like, it's just, it's just so fucking sad that our childhood is basically dying off. And I, I get it, because we, uh, the collective we, us in our, our wonderful 30s here, are reaching the point where a lot of things we grew up on are starting to die off. Because, yeah, because people... if we're approaching 40... They were in their 30s when we were watching right. them growing up. 
So and now they're in their sixties and early seventies and 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 things happen. Injuries catch up to you. That lifestyle catches up to you. And you know, it's 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 a very unfortunate news to read about. It really made me sad when I read it because, like, he's always been one I've kind of worried about. Because it seems like he was very on again, off of then, off again. Oh, he was in rehab. He was doing better, and then oh, he's back yeah. on it again. And I feel like I feel like he's been doing good for a while now. He's but, been clean for like 10, 12 years since he got with DDP. He's been clean since then. So, yeah, but old age, old age is like no matter how healthy you are, old age can really sneak. I had a coworker who was when I back when I worked in retail who was in his sixties, but he was probably in the best shape of anybody there. He would mountain bike and hike and mountain climb, and all of a sudden, like years after I left, I found out he event he eventually passed away from a stroke. I know. Yeah, it's undefeated, right? Because, like, I even, I had a grandmother who was, like, in her 70s, and she was, like, she was in her 40s. And then one day, she had an accident, a car accident, and she aged 20 years in one day. That reminds me of uh, what happened to the ring announcer, Howard Finkel. Like, remember, he had that stroke, and then that last year of his life, he basically looked 20 years older than he did the previous year. Yeah. It's just one of those things. And and it, and it sucks because it's going to, it's going to keep happening. The older we get, like, like I've got like the list of celebrities that I'm always worried about. Mel Brooks, Dick Van Dyke, Bob Barker, who are all in their nineties. Oh. James Earl Jones just turned 90. Like, like it's going to happen and it's going to happen soon. And you just have to like, you just kind of, well. It's it's been a thing because I've been involved with the radio show for like ten years now, on Sunday nights, uh, the Wax Museum with Ronnie Dark, uh, music people. I mean, growing up and you're listening to musicians from the '60s and the '70s, and guess what? They're old, and they did all the drugs, and they're dropping like flies the last ten years. And then there's Keith Richards, who managed to actually pickle himself. <laughs> Life's a bitch, but enjoy it while you can. Nobody gets out alive anyway. Yeah, you can't take it with you, so can't take it with you. Hey, all right. So we've had we've had quite a conversation on this show here. We talked about Game of Thrones. We talked about Star Wars. Um, let's do a little bit of video gaming, shall we? Hmm. Well, it has been a while since I been a while. I brought up my game of the day. Oh, yeah. It's been a really long while, actually, because I don't even think we mentioned it last week. So I don't know where the hell I left off. So I'm going to quickly try to find that. I think you're... I remember you one... I saw your one from yesterday. Yes. Um, I know we've talked about... God. When was the last episode that we did? It probably would have been like a month worth of games at this point. So really quickly, I'll just go back real quick. I know we did talk about, uh, I know we talked about Shenmue because I believe we drew that game. Mega Man X, Ice Hockey, Devil May Cry, Dig Dug, We Fit. We talked about all these. Original Metroid, PUBG, Uncharted 2, Burger Time, NBA Jam, Mario 64, EverQuest, Super Smash Brothers, 
OG Assassin's Creed, Donkey Kong Country, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, OG Halo, the game called Journey, Dogs, Dead Space... I think we're pretty much in this general vicinity, right? I think this is... Yeah, the last couple you didn't talk about, I don't think. Okay. So, yeah, so we I, I did mention um, Halo was... Hello? Ha- yeah, hello? Looking for... <laughs> Let me... So we probably would have released... If today is the 13th, we would have released an episode on the 27th. Before that, probably would have been the 13th, so that would have actually been uh, the OG Assassin's Creed. Donkey Kong Country, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Halo. All right, so... Yeah, I don't think we have... I think that's... You're correct. The OG Assassin's Creed is where we left off. Okay, so we'll start with Donkey Kong Country for the SNES. That's a great soundtrack. Oh, my God. (laughs) One of the best platformers ever made. One of the best games, period, ever made. Yeah, they they, they really... They went all out with that series, and I love the, uh, the rare graphics... Came through yeah, really they let well. Rare make make a game from a, a Nintendo character. It's cool. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two has uh, a perfect ten from IGN. <laughs> and not many games to get that. Nope. That was the first game I remember getting when I got my PlayStation Two on Christmas Day, and I was so pissed that I had to stop playing because we had to go do family stuff. Boom! 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 Real radio. <laughs> uh, Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, play that a lot in college. <laughs> I didn't have an original Xbox. I had a PS2, so I never, I never got into the Halo series. Hit, Halo was always the I played it at a friend's house game because I didn't have an OG mm-hmm. Xbox either. Yep. That was like a couple of guys brought their Xboxes to college, and everyone had a Halo. I've done at least one Halo Three land party. Journey, not the band. The video game. I know of this game. I've never played it, but I know what it's it is. It's a game where you just pretty much just go forward the entire time. It's like a beautiful world changes in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like only a couple hours long, but it's just like a wonderful experience. Like an interactive visual novel more than anything. Yeah. It's like, like essentially, if you really wanted to, you could probably just hold forward on your left stick and <laughs> three hours later, you'd be seeing credits. But... You'd be missing a lot of wonderful stuff. <laughs> you. Uh, Nintendo dogs. I, I remember that. Were, were they full price? Was it like a full 40, 50 bucks for each dog? Oh, God, I don't know. Because that would be ridiculous. I don't remember that. Essentially, it's just a Tamagotchi, but with a cute dog. But you could be like, this is the Dalmatian version, and this is the Scottish Terrier version, and and if they were all full price, holy fuck! And also, they didn't let you starve them to death. Did and they? also, oh, it not. it didn't it didn't play off of a crappy watch battery that died. Therefore, that was the end of your Tamagotchi. No, it was a DS game, which is what it needed to be. Tamagotchi was a cool idea, but they they never made it very far because the batteries would die before they would. A Fitbit is a lot like a Tamagotchi, except for the stupid animal you're trying to keep alive is you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> Dead Space. Oh my god, there's a scene in this game where you're in a cutscene, and then a tentacle grabs your leg and starts dragging you down the hallway... 
and it looks like the cutscene, but it's not. You're supposed to shoot at the tentacle to get it to I, stop dragging you. I had the same problem. I remember that where I, I wasn't sure at first. Oh shit! I can actually interact and do stuff. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, and so <laughs> I died thinking it was a cutscene. I'm like, oh wait, that's not a cutscene anymore. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. But it's yep. cool because it's it's like it changes because there's it's like alien zombies, but you don't shoot them in the head. You shoot their arms and legs off. You shoot everything but the head. Yeah. Yoshi's so you, story. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were still talking about yeah. that. Yeah, just the basic. Yeah, that, just more on. How you I feel. love Yoshi's story, but like, good God, hearing Mario fucking. That's uh, Yoshi's Island. This was oh, Yoshi's. Well. Solo game on the bad. N64. This was more of a puzzle game, like a Dr. Mario type thing, wasn't it? No, it was a side-scroller. Was it? It was... I haven't played many Yoshi-only Yoshi games. It set the standard for the Yoshi series to be really good for, like, younger children to get into platform gaming. Because the, the games are simple enough for a younger child to do well at it. But so, they're whoa, still whoa, whoa, fun. whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're telling me they made a series of games where Yoshi is, like, it's to teach younger kids how to use platformers. So when they move up to Mario, they can kill Yoshi to do the double jump off a cliff? <laughs> exactly. God damn it, like, Eric. Oh, man, I'm not going to make this jump. Better fucking ditch Yoshi. Good God. Yeah, I've killed a lot of Yoshi. Don't worry, the next level will have a Yoshi in it, too. Yeah, it will. Okay, this is the one I'm thinking of, Yoshi's Cookie. That's more of a, a puzzle game. like a Yes, Dr. I had that game, too. That's a fun game. It's a fun little puzzler. Uh, Dune 2 is the next game on the list. That's like one of the OG um, RTS games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and like Sid Meier's uh, Alpha Centauri. How about Qbert? That little motherfucker always always swearing. I know. It's the dirtiest video game. You know how R2-D2 is the filthiest, has the filthiest mouth in all of cinema? Well, Qbert has the filthiest mouth in all of gaming. Yeah, everything is an expletive. It's deleted, man. It just... Back to Star Wars for one second. Chopper is better than R2. I said it. Yeah, I know. You've said that many times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Half-Life 2. That's great. It's great. Classic. Never played a Half-Life game. When you get that gravity gun. Oh, there's the one where you go, I think it's Raven's Home is the name of the town, where it's been taken over by the head crab people, and there's an achievement for beating it only using the gravity gun. And it's clearly set up for you to do it, because there's like, here's a random saw, and here's a random exploding barrel, and you just grab them and throw them at them. And it's a wonderful level to go through that way. How about Beautiful Joe? Head a go-go, baby. I, I think I played it, and I could barely get past the first level. This game was tough. Yeah, it was tough, but it's a Capcom game where your character becomes a superhero, like a... Yeah, it's like you're a Power person Ranger in real life and you into the game. Superhero, yeah. Nice. You know what I appreciate about you, Dan? I, I feel like... Your your enthusiasm and your sarcasm is literally the same amount of energy, and I can't <laughs> tell <laughs> which one is which half the time. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my podcasting life since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 10 years of this shit, Eric. You got to catch up, bud. 
do I like the thing or am I making fun of it? Wouldn't you like to know? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Earthworm Jim. Oh, I loved Earthworm Jim. It had so oh, much personality. It's so difficult, though. The but, final boss, just a, a goldfish. Somehow, like, you just have random, like, hawks in the background. They come and try to eat you. Bubble Bobble. No? The game that All made right. you feel bad if you didn't play it and beat it with a friend. Yeah, fuck that. That always pissed me off, by the way. Get some friends. I tried. I tried real hard. Games are better played with friends. It's well, one thing have when, if one you're thing good, you can use keepers. play with both uh, both controllers. Oh, <laughs> uh, use your footses as the second player. Yeah. Wow. It's one thing when fans are gatekeepers of something, but it's worse when the game itself is the gatekeeper. Oh, the creators are the. But you know what? The toxic part of the community. Still one of my all-time favorite games. I love that game. Love that game. Uh, OG Sonic the Hedgehog. Was it the yes. first one or the second one when in like the industrial level and you got to the part with the water trap and the music started getting faster and faster and faster when the water rose? I'm going to say this about the Sonic series. They progressively got better. Well, in the second one, they I... added the ability for you to speed up by yourself. Right, because if you just hold down and hit the button, you start speeding up in a circle by yourself and then you could take off faster. Yeah. Instead of having to run and then push down last second. <clears throat> GoldenEye 007. Classic. It it was the progenitor of just about every modern first-person shooter. Uh, still considered by many to be the best first-person shooter ever made. And it proved to be playable with a controller on a console. Yeah, that was a big concern, right? Uh, I mean, I still prefer mouse and keyboard. But, yeah. I think by the time Halo and everything came out, I think I prefer the controller at this point. You know one thing I love that GoldenEye did that I wish more games have really gotten away from lately? The ability to unlock cheats by being good at the game. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Well, now you can unlock cheats by being good at the internet. Yeah, but now like, <laughs> cheats aren't even a thing in games anymore, hardly. Now you have to unlock stuff by paying for it. Right. You want infinite ammo? Uh, that's a uh, 9.99. Oh, thanks. Thanks, EA. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> you don't need to. They've already got that idea. It's just like imagine, imagine you buy Call of Duty, and then you get it, and you're just like, congratulations, you got Call of Duty, but you have no weapons. The weapons cost extra. And then you you get the weapons. You're like, congratulations, you unlocked this weapon. Uh, now you, you know ammunition. Ammo. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't imagine any of that because I'm in Call of Duty. I'm part of the military, and that stuff's taken care of with taxpayer money. <laughs> we're leading uh, towards the dark future of the gaming. All right, we're getting towards the the end line here. Among Us, good game, uh, yes. which well, we've we're all, all played together. Uh, I'm just a fan of the screenshot because it's cyan killing the banana. So, hi Hannah, sorry. That was the best screenshot I found. <laughs> that's your Banana. color and that's her color. OG Star Wars Battlefront. Battlefront was great. I was so I disappointed when now, the new ones turned out to be just Call of Duty with a Star Wars paint job. I was expecting something more like this, like the original ones. No, I, I loved it. I always thought it was one of the pinnacle Star Wars games. 
It was Battlefield, but with Star Wars. Yes. Golden Axe. This was such a fun arcade game. Yeah, I've beaten it so many times. It's crazy. What about the end where the uh, you leave and the characters come out of the arcade game and go into the real world? I never beat it, so I never saw that part. Oh. Spoilers. No. <laughs> Spoilers for a 30-year-old. Spoilies. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, you might want to add like another 70 years to that. Well, we just fucked Game of Thrones for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massive so it's, spoiler it's fine. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> you guys remember Gauntlet Legends? Yes. Gauntlet was awesome. Yes. Oh, Gauntlet, yeah. I wish they would make another one. They made one like seven, eight years ago, but it was highly buggy. Highly buggy. Dance Dance Revolution. Hurry up, player two. How to break your ankle. <laughs> Yo, I couldn't do that now. I used to play back in the day. I couldn't do it then. You watch I... some of those people who were like, legs are independent from their body. Yeah, where their waist hardly moves and their legs are just like a, a spider on cocaine. And they're just leaning they're just leaning on the bar on the back and just their legs are going and you're just like, holy shit. You know what? I'm always right? I'm always looking for an excuse to do something that would put me in better shape without actually exercising. I would play this again. Give me give me DDR at home and I'll play the hell out of it. I mean living in an at apartment, least I don't think music. my downstairs neighbors would like that very much. Well well I'll put it downstairs, yes, but well, eh, it depends. Depends on how much you like your neighbor. Uh OG don't. Silent Hill. Yo. Talk about a hard ass fucking game. And I thought it was brilliant that they were just like, Well, if we're not gonna have draw distance, we might as well just add the fog and make it creepier. And it and it fucking worked. They, this is a this is a company that was limited by the technology, and they they used it to their advantage. They used the limitation of the hardware to their advantage, and it fucking worked. That's yeah, but they actually stuff. they actually made it part of the story as opposed to other games where they're just like it's foggy because we said so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, like did you guys see that picture I took when I was going to work the other day? It was so yes. thick fog; it was like mm-hmm. rendering in front of me. Like, I've played this game before. I just don't know if it's a horror game or if I'm playing an old N64 game. Both. Or if you're playing Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah, I was like, Turok is just like, why? Just fog because reasons. Uh, Almost almost complete with the list here. Days Gone. Oh, I loved it. Uh, Joey Image is such a fan that he's actually taken a trip to Oregon to visit the locations that were inspired for the game. That's another one of those like open world zombie survival type things, right? Yeah. Which they've got their they've got their place, but the genre itself is overdone, so if you can do something different with it, I'm I'm all for it. And I've heard this one's a pretty good exception. OG God of War. Yes. Hold Devil's Pot of Tea. Hold Devil's Pot of Tea Mulan. <laughs> We Somebody got my reference. We Sports, the highest selling game of all time because it was <laughs> tie in with the most highest game with literally console. the best selling console ever. Time, yeah. It was so much fun, we're, though. We're finally getting Switch Sports in a couple months. It's I'm, like, I'm, wow, I'll guys. Take, take five years to do the easiest thing possible. I'm pumped for that, by the way, because 
Yeah. I wonder we, how they're going to do that since Switch doesn't have built-in motion sensing. So one of my favorite you, things... You just throw it. You just throw your fucking Switch. <laughs> the, the Joy-Cons do. You would just use the Joy-Cons. One of my favorite things was oh, that was that on in Wii Sports, if you collected a bunch of Miis, they would be your, your teammates, like when you were playing baseball. So I'd be playing baseball, and like my team would consist of Hulk Hogan and Miss Piggy and Chris Griffin and all these random people, and then like Dan... <laughs> Like, It'd be like um, if you went bowling, like the bowling alley would get filled in with people. Yeah, and it was all your it was all your me characters, and you would just see random characters from other people online. That was always fun. The Wii was such a was such a great invention. Um, and like, I, I always I appreciated that Nintendo went for innovation, and I like that they got it right with the Switch. That commercial though, we would like to play. Ugh. The best part is the, in those commercials; those guys never play. You notice they're always just watching the game. I that was an old observation that I made, but I always thought it was funny. The aliens, Marvel versus Capcom Two: New Age of Heroes. One of the greatest fighting games of all time, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> I I will just sometimes be randomly good at fighting games just by mashing buttons. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I was playing this at an arcade against a friend of mine a while ago, and I for, I picked like Venom, and I don't remember who my other character was, but I was just destroying them. And they're like, "How are you so good?" I'm like, "I literally don't know. I'm just hitting buttons." Well, it really depends on the fighting game, right? Because like, I, for whatever reason, I'm good at Guilty Gear, but I suck at every other fighting game because Guilty Gear has this like. I don't I don't know how to how to say it other than like a poetic timing to it, right? Intuitive so like, timing. Yeah. It, it's but, just kind of like you, you you have to hit your buttons in a certain pattern and so does your opponent. So if you know their combo then you can like perfect dot or perfect dodge, perfect block. And then when you perfect block, it interrupts the timing a little bit. And then you can do your combo, and then, like, the, I don't know. It's just, like, you're waiting, and then if they perfect block, you know how long of a window you have before you can do a perfect block. So you, that game, you can perfect block back and forth for, like, days until somebody fucks up. <laughs> Almost becomes like a like an old-timey duel. Yes, but in order to perfect block, you also have to know what kind of move they're go- about to go. So, like, you can't block a, a high with a low block and, and so on. So it's also rock, paper, scissors every time you fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, on day 60, rock. on day 69, nice. nice. We had F zero. How FYI, good that F zero X is now available on the switch. If you have the expansion pass. Yes, it is. If only day you said expansion pack. Like Pass. Remember uh, the expansion pack? Uh huh. Yes. You needed it to play Star Fox. I had the expansion pack, but I never had the Rumble pack. You know what? The Rumble pack was kind of neat, but it was unnecessary. I don't necessarily need my controller to rumble. I need my controller to function. I just turn that, that shit off on my on my controllers. Like when I play, I play all day. And if you're having shit light up and bounce around all day, I am going to have the thing plugged in half the day. Yep. 
So I turned that shit off. All right, two more games. We had Donkey Kong, arcade, OG. I know that monkey. His name is Donkey. <laughs> oh, I love that reference. Nintendo 64. It's Saturday night. I've got no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my all-rush mixtape. Let's rock. Instead of shooting at where I was, you should have shot at where I was going to be. Oh, and, have, you, have you smelled Donkey Kong's loincloth recently? <laughs> yes. And Mario Kart 64. Yeah. You guys Mario... consider this the most difficult? I feel like a lot of people say this was the hardest iteration of Mario Kart. Was the 64 one? Yeah. No, I well, still you... say the original SNES one was the hardest. Yeah, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. No, this one wasn't so bad. All right. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left on the show. So I'm going to pull up the list. And y'all are going to draw me today's game. Ah, uh, to random.org. Okay. There are 294 games remaining. Brian, as the guest, how many times will Dan roll the die? Four. Do it. Do it. I have... Dennis Rodman, number 91. Ooh, okay. The game you have chosen is Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, Revolutionary. Um, there it is. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of The Nerd Table. Brian, thank you very much for joining us for the Game of Thrones retrospect. Happy to be on. It was always it's always fun to nerd out about Game of Thrones and Star Wars. Yes. And we, you, we, had, we had you pegged from that ever since Dan started watching the show. So we had made the promise. We have kept the promise. Uh, and of course, it was cool that we didn't just spend the whole time talking about the show. Not that Game of Thrones is not a great show, because it was. And you know what? Even despite personal feelings about how it ended, I will still go back and rewatch it. I very much like the show. I thought it came out well. Um, there's and a lot the of steps other... it took towards the end doesn't do not erase the absolute amazing parts. Yes, that yes, correct. Throughout the rest of it, and that that's how I kind of feel too. Um, I had a bit more to get to. We're probably going to actually come back with you guys here next week just because I really want to kind of work out what we're doing with our other projects. Um, So we might as well just plan to do another episode. Since this is going to be episode 80, I think we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. And I think I'm going to make this a topic, a fan topic episode. I'm going to post a thread in the group at some point this week, probably tomorrow, which would be Monday. And I'll say, okay. For episode 80, you guys choose the topics and you just post something and be like, I want you to discuss this. And then we will. And we'll make that a whole bit. So you can be specific. You can go, you can go, I mean, you can do a general thing. You can go, I want you to talk about Star Wars. Okay, so we'll just start talking about Star Wars. Or you can go, I want you to specifically talk about this character's story arc or blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. Um, I want you to talk about this Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, Darth Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Uh, keep your topics on topic with being nerd culture related. We are not talking about the crisis in Ukraine. I'm not talking about gas prices. We're not doing any of that. Your topics have to at least be somewhat nerd related, even if it includes things like music, sports, stuff like that. That's still considered fandomish stuff. So uh, if you post something that we're not going to discuss, I'll just flat out tell you when we get to it. Although I saw something really cool that the... Uh... Uh, at one of the borders, just people who are clowns have been 
greeting refugees. Which is awesome. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet heart, heartwarming video I saw. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have 50 bucks so they can buy the rights to Doink and go over there? <laughs> Who do you buy them from now? No, you can, whatever, whoever owns the rights to the Doink character, apparently for 50 bucks you can purchase the rights to play Doink on the indies, and I know several people who do. Why do they, why do they have you be Doink? Oh, that Shawn Michaels story is so great. I don't, I don't think they should, they should, you shouldn't be Doink. And then he got fired that same night. All right, that wraps it up. So we will be back next week with Nerd Table episode 80. Until then, Eric, any parting words? Be excellent to one another. Very good. See you guys next time. Party on, dude. This has been another episode of the Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at CKCCRadio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.